This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. We're talking Reds baseball today with Mark Sheldon, our Reds reporter on this Monday, September 12th. Mark, thanks as always for the time. Going back to Sunday, nice win for the Reds. They defeat the Pirates uh, 8-0 at PNC in Pittsburgh. They take uh, three or four games in the series. And, of course, Mark, it's no secret the Reds and Pirates do not exactly exchange Christmas cards. So I'm guessing a lot of smiles in that clubhouse uh, following not just a win, but a blowout win to take three of four and against a team that they obviously do not like and uh, putting a few more nails in that uh, playoff coffin for the Pirates, who I believe have dropped 11 to 13 now. They're really in a tailspin right now. Yeah, I think we've seen the last of what uh, of the Pirates in terms of postseason hopes. And, you know, surprisingly, the Reds did not really go gaga uh, with, with the, uh, hey, they, they beat up the Pirates and ruined their playoffs, and they're going to play golf in October. And none of that was going on. Brian Price pretty emphatic about saying, hey, you know what, if we're not in the playoffs, we really don't care who gets in the playoffs, and we're only worried about the Reds. And a couple other players said the same thing. And uh, the only one that kind of acknowledged that the Reds and Pirates aren't simpatico uh, was Brandon Finnegan, who just said, uh, you know, these teams don't really like each other a lot, so it's always good to beat them. They're a good team, and we have to do it again uh, next weekend because the Reds are going to be playing four games in three days against the Pirates uh, later in this homestand. So there wasn't a ton of uh, excitement other than the fact that they're, 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 they want to be playing better. They, they went through a little bit of a lull where they lost eight of ten, and now they've taken three or four from a, a struggling team, and now they have the Brewers after this. And you know, they just want to win as many games as they can and finish strong. Yeah, and they certainly had a strong weekend, and I, I like the attitude of Brian Price saying, you know what, it's, it's it's okay to be proud that you're winning, but don't puff out your chest because you're diminishing one team's playoff hopes when you yourself are not going to be a playoff participant come October. So I think that's uh, that's very good on him, a good attitude to have. You mentioned Brandon Finnegan, though. Uh, he said, you know, the two teams obviously aren't the best of friends, and this is a guy that always kind of intrigues me because it seems like more often than not, He's always, uh, you know, flirting with disaster, kind of teetering on the edge of something very bad happening, but somehow always finds a way to pull through. In the case in point on Sunday, the guy gives up five walks in his uh, five innings on top of five hits and somehow does not give up a run. The seven Ks, obviously a big factor in that, but it seems like Mark, he's the ultimate bend, but don't break pitcher. You know, does he just have this uncanny ability to, when he works his way into trouble, he always finds a way to make that big pitch to get him out of trouble. Um, most of the time he can do that, not always, but uh, one thing they really like about him, and it's definitely shown since uh, the season started, is he's a competitor. He does not back down. He does not give up. He does not quit. And it's, I know those are kind of uh, generalizations or cliches, but he, it's something they've really grown to like about him is that he is, just, he is willing to go the distances, whatever he can do to, to get out of stuff. He's now the only thing he is – He's not very often able to go to the distance in a start. Uh, he, he, he uses a lot of pitches. He's not very pitch efficient. Uh, 
he you know, threw 95 pitches in five innings. Uh, he did have a nice little stretch of three starts in a row where he got into the seventh and struck out 29 guys and limited his walks, and they really want to see more of that. But the, the one thing they definitely feel like is that he's a much better starting pitcher now than they, when he started the season, that he's definitely shown a lot of growth. Uh, they like where he, you know, where he's trending. And they, they, there were some questions for a while, much of the first half, whether, hey, is this guy a starter with all the, you know, the, you know, command trouble he has and the fact that he can't work deep starts and he's a little stubborn and all that, or is he a reliever, which is something that everyone's seen him do with Kansas City. And I think he's answered the question that they'd really do think he's a starter. Uh, he's going to have a great chance to be in the rotation next year. They probably think he can throw 200 innings. He's going to get shut down. Uh, after his next start on Saturday, it's the Pirates. It's going to be his 30th and final start. That'll get him in the 170 inning range. So they they like what they have, and and uh, they'll see what, you know they'll see what happens after that. Um, he, he's definitely shown a lot this year, and they've been pretty pleased with it. Yeah, it's an interesting double-edged sword with him because on one hand, you love that he has the ability to work out of trouble, but if he has that ability, it also means he gets into trouble too often. So it's. It's kind of a weird uh, dichotomy there with uh, Brandon Finnegan and with his game. But as you said, they love the the stubbornness, the competitive spirit, and uh, he could be a prime candidate to be one of the starting five in 2017. Uh, Reds now back home, Mark, in the Queen City to host the Brewers, as you alluded to. But it's going to be uh, Kiva Sampson tonight on this Monday, starting in place of uh, Anthony DiSclefani. He will next take the mound. He's scheduled to next take the mound on September 18th. So, how many more starts can we realistically expect out of Disco uh, following that outing on the 18th? Could that perhaps be his, his final outing, or is that still a bit premature for 2016? That's premature. Actually, they've made a change since I wrote what I wrote yesterday. Now he's going to start uh, the first game of the doubleheader on the 17th, okay. uh, Saturday, ahead of Brandon Finnegan. Uh, but the uh, no, they don't feel like he's injured or that he's losing anything other than the sense they thought his stuff didn't look that great the last couple of starts. They thought maybe... Uh, he looked like he could use a break. Uh, you know, he didn't have a full season, obviously, but he did work back from the oblique issue. He, he did come back up in June and pitched very well. Uh, they, they don't see any red flags physically, but they thought, well, they want him to have a, a good end of the season, so they're going to give him the, the start off, skip him one time, bring him back Saturday, and that should give him, I think, three starts to, uh, to get to the end, of, uh, the end of the season, and they feel like he can make those starts and there shouldn't be any trouble. Yeah, it's uh, important for him to uh, to finish strong in what has been a very strong abbreviated season, but uh, nonetheless, he's had success, and you definitely don't want to uh, tempt fate here by overtaxing him, but uh, we'll see what he what happens when he next takes them out uh, on the 17th for that doubleheader. And uh, Mark, going back to Saturday, very happy birthday indeed for one uh, Joey Votto. On the day he turns 33, he drills four hits including a home run, and what's what's really crazy, I'm sure you're aware of this, maybe most fans are not, the guy actually uh, performs very well traditionally on his birthday. In, uh, in nine games on his birthday, five multi-hit games. So that was just the latest in a string of uh, good performances on his birthday. So that's been good for him. And, of course, as most fans know, he's attempting to become the first player since uh, Ichiro 12 years ago in 2004 to hit 400 in the second half right now. A ridiculous 427, so I'll put you on the spot. Does he do it? Does he become the first player since Ichiro to bat 400 uh, post-All-Star break? You know, I think he is. I think he can do it. He almost was the first player since Josh Hamilton to hit 400 in back-to-back months. Then he, on the last day of uh, August, he, did, he didn't do it, and he fell short. 
but I, I still think he can do it. He's trending upward. His average is now at an all, uh, you know, I think a season high was a 318 as of a day or two ago, and uh, and he just seems not to be lifting off the gas. He, he really is focused, and he's been hitting well. Um, I don't I don't see that ending anytime soon. He, asking him about the Ichiro thing, and he's not really too focused on it. He, he's very humble. He doesn't like talking about numbers and putting limits or ceilings or floors on any of his performances. Uh, he, he doesn't think that it's as possible as I think, perhaps, or other people think, because he just knows that sustaining that kind of tear for an extended period is very difficult. And uh, so he he's kind of downplaying it a little bit, but I, I think he's got it in him. You know, it's strange that when you talk about uh, Joey Votto, this is a guy. You know, it's it's a it's a known, it's a marquee name. You know, you talk to any baseball fan, they know about Joey Votto, they know about his track record. At the same time, I still feel like, for whatever reason, he's still a bit underappreciated by baseball fans in general. Do you get that sense too, a little bit about him? I think he's underappreciated in Cincinnati for sure. I think there's just been this uh, this drumbeat especially after he got injured. He signed the big contract uh, in, in 2012, got injured that season. For a few years, he had diminished numbers, and I think there, there was an element that felt like he wasn't hitting enough for power or that he wasn't driving in runs, which is always a product, of course, of, of who's on base ahead of him. And, uh, but yet he kept walking, and you know, walking wasn't as cool as, as getting a big hit. Uh, and, but his on-base numbers have been up. It's just not as, like, for the lack of a better term, as sexy, some of the production. I think this year... He's given both, and even in the second half of last year, he's he's hitting for some power. He's got some his home run numbers, or I think like 23 home runs. He's getting on base almost 50 percent of the time. He's you know he's hitting uh, for average. He's do, he's doing pretty much everything that you want Joey Votto to do. He knows the strike zone better than pretty much any player or umpire in this league, uh, and he doesn't change his approach. He doesn't back down. So I think. He is underappreciated. I think if the Reds were a better team, I think more fans around the league would, would take notice of what he's done this year. He'd be an MVP candidate. Uh, right now, he probably is not. But uh, it's it's definitely something that he shouldn't be taken for granted. Incidentally, Brian Price was the uh, Mariners pitching coach in 2004, so he saw Ichiro's second half, and now he's watching Brian's, and he doesn't take it for granted either. Yeah, and nor should anybody else because what he's doing is pretty remarkable. And as you said, being on a struggling team is hurting, you know, any potential MVP candidacy as far as uh, Joey Votto is concerned. But hopefully, uh, if he does pull this off and does get the notoriety of becoming the first player in a dozen years to hit 400 after the All-Star break, the the well-deserved accolades will start to come his way. Uh, Mark, to begin to wrap up here, I was uh, really intrigued by your discussion recently with Brian Price regarding the topic of uh, limiting innings for younger pitchers or opting to shut them down altogether, you know, it's almost become like an epidemic across baseball where there, there's so much fear about, you know, taking a young arm and overtaxing it because of all the Tommy John surgeries we've seen. But I thought Brian Price provided some very candid, honest feedback when the topic was brought up. His, his opinion is basically we baby these guys too much, and this is why the surgeries and the injuries are occurring. Kind of give uh, you know your feedback or, or his feedback through you about this topic about pitchers. I think it's been a slow burn for him. He's, he's mentioned it a little bit here and there over the years. It's it's uh, he, he's alarmed like anyone else that so many pitchers are getting hurt, and there really is, despite all the data that's out there and all the information they have and all the advances in technology and all the advances in, in training. 
that these guys are still getting hurt and, and losing elbow injuries and losing seasons and losing careers sometimes. And he is as frustrated as anyone. But, of course, there's been a lot of uh, theories and ideas, but there's really been very few definitive solutions. And But one of the ones that have kind of been trending really strongly is just babying the guys, like you said, and, and going to limits and everything like that. And I think I think the, the overabundance of caution has just gotten – to be too much now the reds of course follow that caution they're not they're not doing anything different than the other 29 clubs but brian's you know basic thing is if, if it was up to him he, he would have guys throwing more and, and not baby them not worry so much about the innings and the pitch counts and things like that because it's gotten to be too much and I, I think there's a happy medium in there somewhere you obviously got to be careful with some guys like you know obviously the mets are seeing that with some of their pitchers they went deep into the uh into the postseason Maybe they're wearing down a little bit. The Royals had two straight Octobers where they went all the way to the end. Maybe they've worn down a little bit. But I think for the rest of the teams, there's, there's got to be some way to monitor what they're doing but not keep them in, in, in bubbles and, and think that they're going to be protected because it's obviously shown for pitchers that have been babied, it's not working for them either. And the guys, some, there's some guys like Bronson Arroyo who threw for almost two, you know, a decade and a half without any arm trouble until, you know, a year or two ago. So it is really a couple ways you can look at it. Yeah, I know that, uh, you know, it's different strokes for different folks, obviously, and, you know, every everybody is different. Everybody is different, uh, arm structure and so forth. But I agree with him, as I think you do too, that there is too much babying going on. If you're going to strengthen a guy's arm and muscles and tendons and ligaments, get them out there and get them throwing. You're not going to do yourself any favors by, you know, wrapping their arm in cellophane and, and saying, okay, let's let's just have you pitch when you need to. And oftentimes that doesn't turn out well because that's when injuries happen. So I like Brian Price's attitude with that. And maybe uh, there will start to be some sort of a slow shift uh, with the way that pitches are handled or at least the attitudes uh, towards them. Mark Sheldon, a great place to wrap this one up. Our thanks to you as always. We'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Cincinnati Reds. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.